All right, everybody, welcome back. We are here once again, and today we're here with JR. JR, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here, very excited. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Now, this is, this is two, you got a double rare occurrence here. Yeah. Um, number one. Uh, you are a listener of the show. Yes, yes, which, I am. Which is great. I, I very much appreciate that. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, you also are not a dad. You're my <laughs> you're my first non dad on the show. I think yeah, I'm a dad in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, my first child ever, <laughs> surprisingly ever, is going to be born uh, June this year. So yeah, it's been a. Uh, it's exciting. It's a lot to take in, but it's very exciting. So it's a good time to take a break from your wife for like two, three hours and just, you know, have drinks, right? Oh, it's actually like, <laughs> let's go farther than that. It's perfect storm. She just took off the next five days to go back to her parents' house to clean out like all of her old stuff. Um, I don't know. She just got a worm in her, in her head and she was like, I got to go back to my parents' house and clean out all my old stuff and find out all the baby stuff that we're going to have. Like It's like reverse nesting. It's yeah, it's reverse. And she's got well, you have to understand she's an only child, so all of her crap that she couldn't fit into our apartment lives at her parents' house. <laughs> so she's going through and throwing away the things that she doesn't want, and then keeping the things that she does want, and then things that might be good for the baby because they they've that this is a family that holds on to everything. Okay. So I'm sure they have lots of like clothes. We're gonna use her old crib. Like there's things like that that she's going and uncovering and seeing what we can use and can't use for our, our new home in the summer. That's wild. Yeah. So she's taken off the next five days. I have the next five days to myself. So this is like the beginning of like me time. <laughs> you're, oh, you're, so you can just go right off the rails if you want. Oh, to. yeah. 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 Oh, for the, well, honestly, like the next five days are going to be nothing but like video games and bad food. But <laughs> it's it's me time. It's it's self-care 2020. And that's really what I'm excited about. That's fantastic. I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's good. So um, now so your your fiance is currently pregnant. Yes. And how yes. pregnant is she right now? We are 22, coming up on 23 weeks. Okay. Um, the baby is going to be due June 1st. We're having a little girl. Um, yeah. And so every day uh, I notice her belly getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally, for the first time, felt the baby. Oh, you felt a little flutter. Mm-hmm. It barely, barely. I mean, this baby's a pound. May I don't know how long she is. I forgot how like the measurements were, but it's too early to put her on a diet, man. That, <laughs> that pressure is strong, man. Let her be. Uh, but yeah, I she was like, we were watching TV, and and Andrea was like, uh, put your hand over here, and I was like, okay, is this is this happening? And she's like, yeah, and we've done it a couple times, but I couldn't feel it. All she could feel it on the inside. Mm-hmm. and I put my hand on there, and all of a sudden, I felt a little pressure, and I was like, this is like alien. <laughs> Just expecting the little head to pop out. <laughs> Probably won't happen. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I that, I don't know my entire DNA makeup or my ancestry, so we'll never know. I don't, I don't think you're any percent xenomorph. <laughs> well, the government referred to my parents as aliens, so you never know. <laughs> for reference for the listeners, I come from a Hispanic background. I'm a first-generation immigrant. Uh, it's a a really good like joke if if you tune into that oh that was beautiful though (laughs) so you never know she might be a xenomorph she might be an alien predator i don't know we never know we don't need to it's all right she's fine for now (laughs) but yeah when those first kicks i remember those first kicks i mean it's it's exciting because it i mean i always knew that it was really going to happen because i'm i'm one of those guys i always wanted to be a dad yeah it was it was it was in me like 
from the time in kindergarten when we played house. Like, I'll be the dad. I think that's fun. Yeah. And, uh, like, feeling like everything happening in little kicks and they kind of feel like bubbles at first. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was all exciting. It was all it was all fun. Did that? Did it? Did it? The I've heard that sometimes it will solidify. Like, oh, there's something in there. It's like my wife's not just letting herself go. There's a life in there. So, yeah. To give you a little perspective, um, I had always maybe been in denial and told myself, I don't know if I want kids. I don't know if I want to be married. I was kind of a little bit of a <laughs> I I was very afraid of commitment for all of my 20s. I'm now 30, turning 31 this year. Finally got it together and the light bulb went off. But prior to that, all of my 20s, I just, I couldn't feel like I would commit to one person or commit to like um, being a father and staying in one place. I have a really hard time with repetition and routine and the mundane. And that was always a fear of mine. So that was like our thought process, right? I don't, I want to get married. I don't want to have kids, blah, 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 blah. Uh, fast forward, Andrea and I, his, my high school sweetheart, we have been on and off for like the last 14, 15 years. And, um, I, one day the light bulb switched, she was single. I was single. I called her and I was like, I don't want to mess this up. We should hang out. We should see what we can do. And I'm taking this seriously. So that happens. Fast forward. She tells me about the baby. And I thought my reaction to her going, I'm pregnant was going to be, holy shit, I am screwed. (laughs) Fuck, 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 fuck. My reaction was, I blank a lot. And then I said, are you sure? Are you serious? And she said, yes. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like it it was an automatic, like, I don't need, I can't even say that a, a switch flipped. It was reflex. It was just an automatic reflex. She told me I blinked a lot. I said, are you serious? She said, yes. And then I was like excited. I was like, okay, I'm so, I'm, I'm, this is great. I'm excited. And from that moment on, I had this excitement. Now (laughs) there was that, that shell shock period after the fact when I, I'm very weird with my emotions. When things happen, I'm very level headed. Like, uh, I can watch an accident happen. I could watch, uh, something intense happen and I'll be very level headed. Calm in the moment. Yes. Sure. But it's when I'm by myself where I reflect on my thoughts and then it really starts to creep up on me. So she, granted, let me set the stage for you. I'm sitting at home. I work from home. Uh, I'm sitting at home. I'm on my computer. I'm in the middle of a sales call, a very intense sales call for a big deal, big client, but whatever. She comes home from lunch. She works really close by and she's like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm on the phone. Important client. I'll talk to you in a second. And so (laughs) she sits there and it's like a 45 minute convo. Oh jeez. She's sitting there like, I can't, and now thinking back, I can't even imagine what's going through her head because she's probably thinking I was going to freak out. She's like, this was not in the plan. We had just gotten engaged in June. The, the wedding's going to be in November this year. Um, we, things were just very like, there was a lot going on and it was pretty new. So I know that she was scared and I had told her, I was like, three years, we're going to get married November and then you're going to give me three years of marriage before we have a baby. That was my rule. Her mom hated it. Her mom would always joke with us and say, oh, I'm going to switch out her birth control kind of oh, thing. God. Um, she would always say, no, I'm going to be too old. We have to get to two years, whatever, whatever. I was adamant. Three years, three years, three years, three years. And uh, 
So anyway, fast forward. Uh, she tells me, she, she sits down patiently. I'm on the phone. I finally hang up and I turn to her and I go, hey, what's up? And she's like, I got five minutes before I got to go back to work. <laughs> God dang. And she sits down she takes my hands and she's like, I got to tell you something very serious. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking at this point. I'm just thinking like, uh, okay, something very serious. What's going on? And then she just goes, I don't know how else to say this, but I'm pregnant. And I was like, I don't think I made a noise. I just blinked a lot and very slowly. She always says that you blinked a lot. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and in that like processing, I just got excited. So it was no switch. I, I, I again, for 20 or for 10 years of my twenties, I was like, no kids, no kids, no kids, no kids, no kids. And then the second I'm told that I'm going to have a kid, I was like instant excitement. It was weird. It was like, in a weird way, I felt like I was denying my, my inevitable truth. Hmm. So, because I've always that sounds like like it's from a book, my man. I love it. I well, you know, people always tell me like, "Oh, you'd be a good dad" or whatever. Because I'm very like, when I go out with my friends and we'd be drunk, I'd be the papa bear. Be like, everybody, hold on, hold on. Where's Joey? Fuck, Joey went to the bathroom. Oh, I gotta go get him. Hold on, everybody, stay (laughs) here. I'll be right back. Nobody move. Yeah. Oh, that was me. I would always be like the protector. I'd be watching over everybody. So everyone always told me I'd be a good dad. I'd always denied it. Anyway, so shit happens. She tells me, I get excited. A few days later, I start reflecting on it and I start thinking, oh shit, I gotta pay for this baby. I gotta be a good dad. I, I like that pressure starts to creep in. And so I dealt with that on my own, like not on my own. I, I definitely had conversations with her about it and that excitement kind of like, or that anxiety is turned now into excitement. Yeah. So it was the initial telling me I got excited or I was really like, I think the reaction that I had was really good because I was like into it. I was, I was supporting her. There was like, excitement right i had my personal existential crisis (laughs) and i kind of shared it with her like she was there for part of that crisis i like i broke down i cried the whole thing Uh, and then after that i was excited now the funny part and i think i was telling you this before is she went from super excited and as a wedding the the pregnancy has progressed she's getting bigger (laughs) she's getting bigger now her body's changing um, she's more tired. She's getting cramps. Like all these little things are happening, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, there's a person inside of me," and I'm freaking out. So it's been reverse. I freaked <laughs> out at the beginning, and now I'm super excited. She was super excited at the beginning, and now she's starting to have a little bit of a freak out. She's still fine, but definitely can tell that there's like a little more anxiety to her when she's thinking about like the baby and her body changing and things like that. So it's been pretty fun. But that's good, though. You know, th- that's something that happens with um, Holly and I quite a bit. Is there, there's this weird balance that occurs is if if she's had a horrible day at work somehow that's the same day that I had a terrific day at work mm-hmm. and everything just clicked for me so I can be there a hundred percent to support her with what she needs or if I have the worst day ever she comes home she's like you know what everything was roses for me so i can i you know why don't you just you know go see a movie or do something like and it it just balances in this odd way which is sometimes unfortunate because we want to like have good days together from time to time but you know in this situation it's great because you're this you know now this calm elated you know, future father, and she's, you know, you know, of course, rightly freaking out. Yeah. How many times are you going to grow life inside of you? That's true. Yeah, yeah. And and like, to to be clear, babe, if you're listening to this, you're not freaking out. (laughs) 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 
you, you just have made more comments about how your body is changing and I've been aware of that. So it's not like she's like having breakdowns, but she's definitely like, oh man, this is happening. And like the, the reality set in for her and that's exciting. But yes, to your point, like I, I think her and I work because we're exact opposites. Mm-hmm. And so we, where I fail, she succeeds and where she fails, I succeed. Oh, nice. So we compliment each other a lot. Um, in that respect, like it used to be kind of hard because I would try to, t- we, we both were guilty of trying to tune in with each other's emotions. And so like, if I were upset, she'd get upset. Cause I don't know if that was like our way of supporting each other, or maybe we just didn't understand like how to manage those dynamics, but like she'd have a bad day. I'd have a bad day or I'm driving. I get road rage. Suddenly she gets road rage for me. And so we had to work a lot on that. Like Interesting. where, where, I won't assume your mood. You won't assume my mood. We need one of us to stay even keel so that we can bring us back to reality. And wow. it's been really great the last like couple, like the last year, you know, like she'll get upset driving. I try to be the calm force. She'll get mad because I'll make a comment or two, but like we still work <laughs> through it. Oh, you got, you and I both have the smart ass gene. Uh, yeah, oh, real yeah. hard. Oh, dude. It's, <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Probably more of a curse. More of a curse. Uh, probably. It hurt. It hurts sometimes. Yeah, 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 for sure. But to that, yeah, we're we're definitely we we complement each other on our shortfalls and our 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 pros definitely come through for one another. So it's it's kind of cool. Where right now, like I said, she's maybe having a little harder time with the anxiety and the emotion of the pregnancy, mm-hmm. and so I I'm the one who's trying to be like positive and upbeat and excited about it, and so all these things are really kind of. It's a, it's just an inter- interesting dynamic for sure. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's it's going well. We're both stupidly excited about this little baby, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It is you know having a, a pregnant wife, a you know a, an impending birth, and then you know impending newborn as mm-hmm. well. It was I I mean I am a planner. I have I have become much more of a planner as I've gotten older, <laughs> but. It is such an exercise in, of course, make the plan, plan it out, have a pregnancy plan, have a birth plan, have a first three months plan, write it all down, put, pour all of your energy into it, and then light it on fucking fire. <laughs> because it is, it it might work out like three out of 10 things, you might be like, oh, Perfect. You know what? Um, using reusable diapers was was the way to go. But God, no. <laughs> well, you're right. But the the rest of it is it's just an exercise in learning how much you do not have control over. So that's what I'm going to struggle with. It's so much fun, though. Oh my gosh, the you are. Listen, I know you as a person. Yeah, and you are. Ex- I, I just listened to you get off a work conference call. You are extremely good in the moment, and that's all you have to be early on is like, okay, there's poop on six items right now, and if I can get it off of four, then none of us will get pink eye. Like, that's all That's all you have to be so early on is just be able to prioritize and good in the moment. You know, it's funny. Like I said, in the moment, I always keep a level head. So I'm sure yep. I will be fine in most situations. Oh, you um, can cry in your car, man. That's what that's what they make those little, little have those tissue things by myself yeah. in the bathroom. Like, oh, my God. That's exactly what you do. And then your wife just sees you you're like, how are you so strong all the time? You go, 
I don't know. I'm just good. You know, yeah, it's funny. Like, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> probably what's going to happen is I'm going to be the strong, silent type. Like, I'm gonna, to her and the baby, I'm like, dad, dad's, dad is so strong and so, like, emotionally resolved. Meanwhile, I'm in the back room going, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I've, I've explained a little bit, like, when shit goes sideways, I'm usually pretty even keeled. Mm-hmm. Usually. If it's something that's like directly involving me, like let's say for example, my motorcycle. My motorcycle got stolen out of my parking lot one time. What? Yeah, dude, I was so mad. Um, my motorcycle got stolen and I had like this irrational, not the reaction, but like irrational anger. Like it was really personal. Because I mean, a motorcycle, first of all, if you don't ride, you trust a lot. You trust your life to this engine and these two wheels. And you, te- if you're a good rider, you take care of your bike and you tune it to your to your your needs and your riding style like your brakes are going to be softer or harder however you prefer them your shocks whatever so when they stole that bike i was really upset because i was like i trusted my life to that machine and someone just comes in and steals it this is some fucking bullshit sorry yeah. for cursing but it's just like curse all you want man all it's, right it's, cause, it, this is because these motherfuckers du- need to catch a bullet or two no, i'm just kidding <laughs> So anyway, that, that happened. I got really upset. I got really, really mad. And I was really kind of unhappy with the way I reacted to it because I cussed up a storm. I was really upset. And then I called the police later on. And, I, you know, I came down off of my emotional high. But that was because I was directly involved. Now, counter that to with like a, the worst situation you could possibly think of. A few years ago, I was riding my motorcycle down the road um, down in San Antonio. Uh, there's this 281 is a highway that has these really bad curves in the middle of the city. Like mm. they're, they're, they're like flat curves. You know, most curves will bank a little bit to kind of give that car the gravity to sit into the road. Right, right. San Antonio has these weird roads where they're flat and they'll turn like a good, you know, 30 degrees, 40 degrees. They're pretty sharp turns. And um, get those G forces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I remember I just ran down the road. Got, I still remember it. White pickup truck was in like the second lane to from the right. And the, the curve comes up. I'm like maybe five car, six car lengths back. And I see this truck just fucking shoot off the side of the highway, off the overpass. It's like straight. I don't know what happened. Maybe the, the driver dropped their cell phone or they freaked out. I don't know what happened. But I just saw this pickup truck kind of ride, like kind of grind on the railing and then Whoa. fall off the other side. My instant reaction, I, I wasn't even thinking. My body literally takes the motorcycle. I park it on the side of the road and I run down. Full gear, helmet, jacket, everything, gloves. I run down there. I pull the door open some dudes come out of the brush the, the from the golf course uh, that was nearby and one of the guys as i'm opening the door he oh they goes, saw two and they're coming they saw two they're coming too i'm a first responder they're first responders we get to the door and this guy's like i'm a retired fireman i was on the golf course i saw this shit fly over like like i'm let me help you but i've already got the door open i'm trying to get like the first person out the truck fell upside down so i'm working on the passenger side whoa and so i'm getting the girl out where we he and i work together he gets a knife we cut it out i have gloves on there's smoke coming out of the truck i pull her out and then i he goes hey go look at the driver and i go look and it's just it's not good and that just, entire time just ground beef i, was, I just just yeah just he's just, not there anymore yeah it was yeah. bad uh, I mean, even to the point where like paramedics showed up, they were like, "Oh yeah, we can't do anything for that." Wow, it was it was that situation. So, but that whole time, I went in. I wasn't emotional. I was very level. I was very concise. When fire and, and emergency showed up, I told them the situation. I was like, "Look, I want to clear the vehicle. There was smoking. We turned the key off. Um, I'd already checked the, pri- the the driver. That's DOA. The passenger. Blah blah blah." blah. I get back on the bike, put my helmet on, or I had my helmet on. I put get back on the bike and try to go back to work, and I fucking start bawling. Yeah. 
But in the situation, I was level-headed. So with parenthood, I feel like when shit goes sideways, like she comes to me crying and when most, most parents would freak out, like, oh my God, she bumped her head, she's going to die. <laughs> I'm going to be like, it's all right, baby, come here. Like, I'll wipe you up. I'm not worried about that part necessarily. It's, uh, it's the, I don't know. It's just like I have, I'm level-headed on that sense, but I feel like there's a little part of me that's going to, I have a fear of the freak out of the unknown of being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be situations where, she has a breakup. Sure. That's going to ruin Oh, me. you're 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 at least, you know, 10 years to 15 years away from that. I'm stuff. sure yeah, so I, I hope I hope I'll I'll build up a tolerance to it, but like I'm I'm just worried that I'm going to be like the emotional father be like, "Oh, who broke my daughter's heart?" Fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to being like level-headed and being like, "Baby, you're okay. Just breathe. There'll be plenty of fish in the sea." <laughs> Sweetie, clean my gun. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> Go get daddy's shotgun and get the bucks, get the buck rounds. No, (laughs) it's yeah, I'm pretty level headed in most emergency situations. So I would think I'll be okay when it's like poopies, vomits, boo boos, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's the heartbreaks. It's the my child doubting themselves. Is that it's, what you're scared of? That yeah. that's your fear. That's my legitimate fear. It's wow. like if my daughter comes to me and she's like, Dad, I don't think I'm good enough for a sport, or I don't think I'm smart enough for this subject, or I don't think I'm just good enough. That's where I feel like I would freak out, as opposed to if my daughter comes to me and says, I fell out of the freaking tree and this bone sticking out of my arm. Wow. That I'll be like, Okay, breathe, put a towel on it, let's get some ice, or maybe like whatever that, that, that needs to be happening, I'll do it. In that situation, I'm not worried about that. I'm freaked out more about the emotional um, personality issues that she'll deal with growing up. Wow. Okay, that's that's really that's really interesting. I see. I was I was a little more nervous about the the baby stuff because no, no. I'm an only child. Holly's an only child. Okay. And so we hadn't been around babies yeah. since we were babies. Oh wow. So yeah. I was just like, do I you know figuring out how to change a diaper, deal with vomit. When do you go to the doctor? Like finding a pediatrician, like all of that stuff was like looming large in my head. But your your stuff's a little farther ahead. It's a little farther ahead, but there, there's a. I mean, with with Preston, there's a couple things that I know I've tried to consciously do. Yeah, that have that have helped out is like number one is when he was younger we tried to never tell him that he was smart. That's a good one. Because, and I would recommend that. Yeah, because he, well, he is. I could clearly tell. I've I've known the myth of Preston before meeting him. <laughs> so for context, I've known Mark for a long time. He shook your hand now. with two hands today. Yeah, that man, sh- <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me right now, but he shakes like a, a man. That is not a boy you have. That is a man. That you oh, have. that's good to know. That dude. Because he doesn't shake my hand like that. That like, dude it, shakes hands like like a 50-year-old businessman, like an executive vice president at like a Fortune 100. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? Really great to Fuck. meet you. Like yeah. That guy, he could be a politician. He's gonna. The, the, he'll this do, kid's he'll got do. charisma. Yeah. And he's got your charisma. So I'm just letting you know that right now. <laughs> well, we, we, we intentionally never told him that he was smart. Yeah. What we would say, like he would come in with a good grade or a good, yeah. a good thing, and we'd say, you worked really hard for this. Yes. And I'm so glad that you worked so hard because yes, yes, here yes, are yes, the yes, results. Yes, yes, yes. Now, now, occasionally now he's getting older and we're like, you know, some things you're going to learn that you're just good at mm-hmm. without trying hard, mm-hmm. but still try hard. Yeah. And I, that's actually really great that you brought it up because when I grew up, I was that smart kid. 
and my teachers told my parents that I was really smart. When I was in fourth grade, I was reading at like, a, I don't want to exaggerate, but I'm pretty sure I was reading at like a 10th or 11th grade level. You're way up there. Yeah. I was, I was devouring books. I've always had a very good vocabulary. I've had a very deep understanding of the English language, um, all of that. So my parents used to get told, like, he's very smart. And I would hear this. The teachers would tell me, you're yep. very smart. You understand very well. I was always well-spoken. Um, all of these things. And I think that was more of a detriment. No one ever talked about the hard work, that the hours of reading that I did or struggling with big words that I didn't know that I had to go look up online or in the dictionary to understand what the hell the author was saying. Nobody mentioned that. They just said, you're smart. So for a long time, I coasted on that. Yep. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm smart. I don't have to study. Because I have like this weird idiot savant like um, skill set where I don't have to study for tests. When I used to work for an insurance company, as some of you may know, listeners, you have to take a state licensor, li- license exam. And it's usually a very rigorous exam. And I think at the time when they told me like the acceptance rate or pass rate was like 60% mm. on the first try. And so... I was in training for this job, and I remember I was like 22, partying, I didn't give a damn, I had come into class, or, or the quote unquote class, this is work, I'm 8 to 5, they're training me before to get my license before I actually take the floor as an, as an insurance agent, right, right, call right. center, and so I, I sleep through it, I'm hungover, I'm partying, I'm texting the whole damn time, I go and take my test, I got an 83 on the first go, I was one of four people that passed out of a class of 20. And everyone hated you. Everybody fucking hated me (laughs) and then and then i go out on the floor and i have the gift of gab and i'm fucking killing it on sales so now everybody like double hates me because they're like this fucking kid slept through all class and all he did was like crack jokes and shit and he passes on the first go and then you have people that are like twice my age like taking the test for the third time studying fucking study flashcards yeah yeah so like I, all of that really verbose to say, like, I coasted a lot of my intelligence mm-hmm. for a long time. And I regrettably uh, look back on that, on all those times that people told me that I was smart. And I really wish they would have vocalized how hard I worked. What grade? What grade did it did it hit you all of a sudden where you're like, oh, I'm I'm not just getting this like I, I I'm all of a sudden failing or, or not doing well, or it's taking more effort than I'm used to. I hit you. Honestly? It never hit you? It never fucking hit me in school. Oh, it I hit went me. through. I, that's part of the reason why I didn't finish college. I started college, and then, and, and I took the easy route to college. I had a full ride scholarship to go to the University of Houston for music. I was okay. really good at the trumpet. I was like, jazz, any, any style of music, I played it, but jazz was my specialty. And I played at this concert. This director came from the University of Houston. He heard me play, and he was like, I want you at my program. I'll give you a full ride scholarship. At the time, I didn't take it because I thought, I'll just apply to another school. I have my girlfriend who's still in high school. Like I've made all these excuses not to go to that university. Time comes that I'm like, all right, fine. I want to get serious about school. And I like freeze up. I don't go anywhere. I go take the University of Phoenix. I go the easy route basically. And I got screwed. That's a whole long story in and of itself. But (laughs) um, still, I'm thinking I'm smart enough that I can just coast through college. I don't do any of the homework. I don't do any of like the the requirements i just show up and i i answer the the exams i answer the discussion questions and whatever and i like would coast by with a b Hmm. so it wasn't until honestly when i started my own business wow that's when it hit you yeah and i started my own business at 27 
started like an IT company and I thought I could coast by on just my knowledge. Like I know how computers work. I know how networks networks work. I'm pretty decent at sales. Um, I know what a customer needs and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. went off of like, I'm king shit. I can do this. Two years later, I was like, I don't know shit. Google is my best friend, you know? Wow. Um, that was like a wake up call. Cause even at like my other jobs, I've always been able to coast. I have the gift of gab. I'm pretty good at knowing what needs to be done to just get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I would have jobs, I'd be fine in my position, whatever, whatever, but starting my own business where nobody's guiding you, there are no rules, there are no regulations. It's just you, your product and the market figure it the fuck out. And it was an eye opener. I was like, I am not organized. I'm not as smart as I think I am because there's all these situations that came up that I don't know the answers to. Um, and I have no organization. Uh, so a lot of these things that came to light two, three years ago and in the last two, three years I've, I've gotten my shit together where I, 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 now I understand what my gifts are and I very clearly understand where my weaknesses are and I'm making a conscious effort to focus on my weaknesses and let my strengths just kind of play themselves out. Um, because that's gotten me this far, but now if I feel like if I work on my weaknesses, I'll unlock this new level of potential. So it's, it's been, it's been weird. Like. I'm glad that you have taken that stance with your kid and saying, look, all of this hard work that you've done has led to you mm-hmm. being at this level. It's not because you're just naturally gifted. I think that's the worst disservice you could do to a kid. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm glad that you're doing that with Preston. I'm actually going to internalize that so that I can tell that to my daughter and say, look, you got to this level because of your hard work. You read all of those books. You read all those cue cards. You memorize all the words that I that I, I would tell you when we were growing up. Um you know how to do these X, Y, Z things because mm-hmm. of X, Y, Z, not just because you're naturally God given talents. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't come out knowing this. No. Well, that, that was a fun thing that, you know, for, for a long time, Preston was very critical of his own mistakes and he, he had a really hard time. He's what? 12. He's 11. He just Dude, this 11. kid is so beyond his years. At 11 years old, I was still playing with G.I. Joe's. This kid's having existential crises about his personality traits. Oh, this was early on. Like, <laughs> third grade, he was he was just ups, He would be upset when he would make a mistake because for whatever reason, it just didn't, he didn't like it. And my mom had gotten him a book that was called The, the Beautiful Oops. Like, yeah. it was a book about it's okay to make mistakes. That's awesome. But I kept on telling him, I'm like... I was like, you are young. Yeah. This is absolutely the time to get sent to the principal's office, to fall down and break a bone, to do all this stuff, because you you do not come out fully formed knowing stuff. You have to make mistakes. Yes. And those mistakes will inform your future decisions. And he will even talk to this day about being like three, four years old and stealing a little Hot Wheels car from the like the little daycare that he went to. Yeah. And then how he brought it home. He had it, but he never liked it because it he, was knew, he knew he stole it and he knew it was horrible. And then one day, like a year afterwards, he came to me. He's like, Daddy, I want to go return this because wow. it's not mine. And he talks about that all the time. He's like, that's why you shouldn't steal because it never feels good. And I was like, God dang, kid. Like, just he, the learning of life lessons and watching it in real time 
it's one of the most fun things. Dude, it's I I have a nephew, two nephews, excuse me. One of them is six and one of them is two. And I'm starting to see how those personality traits start to develop mm-hmm. and their rights and their wrongs and, and like the pros and cons to their personality types. It's just, it's amazing that these are like little people that are finding their way for sure and building their own like life views or worldviews. I think it's amazing that he's that introspective at this young of an age. Oh yeah. I, maybe, maybe, maybe more than I would prefer probably well, not prefer but more than i would wish on him yes yes you know? yes, yes 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 i was gonna say uh, that usually i mean i don't know this movie might be just bullshitting but i feel like people that are that introspective have a little not necessarily more intelligence but that emotional intelligence is support is important for their That's futures the stuff the emotional intelligence uh because there's a lot of people out there who don't have that oh yeah like they just don't know why they do shit they just do shit they're just assholes or they're just sad or they're just angry or they're just whatever but they don't have an explanation for it and for him to be that self-reflective at this age is fucking incredible yeah because even myself like i think that i'm very introspective almost to like a fault where i self-analyze myself to the point where i like cripple myself so maybe can't can't even make a move because you're thinking of all the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like oh i gotta make a big decision and then you freeze yourself in like all of the different what-ifs Maybe that's something you need to be careful with him. But the fact that he is so self-aware about his actions, about how that impacts other people, and about his representation to others mm-hmm. is incredibly important. And I want to say maybe lucky that you have a kid that has that emotional intelligence because that's going to carry him far in life. Oh, yeah. Very far with relationships, with work, with everything. To know who you are is a very underrated skill set. It's it's because you know it is it's so. F- it's funny that you say that because yes, I I very much agree. Knowing exactly who you are and why you're and doing why, things, yeah. it people are out there just going like you know, well I'm just this and you know you have to deal with it. Dude. No, no. <laughs> to simplify that, it's like the yeah. people that go, I do coke because I do coke. No, <laughs> you probably do coke because you didn't have a loving family structure at home. Maybe you have daddy. I don't know what the issue is, but there's something underlying for the fact that you do coke. It's not just you do coke because it's coke. Right. Yeah. You know? So like. Mm-hmm. No, no, one, no one's a fifth grader going like, there's something missing in my life. Right. I'm sure I'll discover it at a nightclub in, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in about sure, 20 years. I'm sure it'll be a powdery substance in the bathroom counter of a <laughs> gay nightclub that I go to in my 20s. That is oddly specific. <laughs> no comment. Um, no, but that's a very underrated school. And that's actually, I, I really hope for my daughter to have that skill set because that's what I have. Oh. Well, I'm super, to, to a fault, man, like I will break myself down analytically Time to time about stupid stuff. It's 50-50, man. It's it, it, the the more and more I'm around kids yeah. and, and their parents. Yeah. 50% is genetic. It, like <laughs> the, the kids will come out just hardwired with certain things. Yeah. And then the other 50% is going to be what you put into them. Yes. So you could you could have a a, a nurturing, self aware kid, but if you never kind of stoke those fires, it'll just kind of yeah, it'll stay where it's at. And but if you encourage it and show it, then all of a sudden that that 
takes another step and they they're able to kind of graduate that that skill yes another level i'm using gamer terms i've been playing diablo 3 <laughs> way too much lately i'm i'm um, okay i hope your listeners are gamers or at least are like <laughs> somewhat familiar with the world because i'm a huge gamer i'm glad that you're getting into it <laughs> so we'll probably be dropping some more gamer terms uh down this podcast but uh um, talk about skill trees yeah like, yeah, yeah. First your baby crawls and then once you upgrade that skill <laughs> then your baby will walk <laughs> right then you get you unlock the knowledge skill set and there's so many different ways you can branch that that rpg out <laughs> we unlocked phonics <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait a couple years before you can unlock disposable income. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's Day- a few levels away, baby. <laughs> Man, daycare. Daycare is going to just Bleh. screw you. For, oh, I keep... for four years, Dude. daycare was my number one expense <sighs> ab- above mortgage, above car payment, above taxes. It was number one. So... That is a legitimate pressure in my chest with hearing you say that. Yeah. Like, cause I'm like, fuck. See, the thing about being single or about being childless. Yeah. Is you could totally go a couple of weeks without a paycheck. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll eat some Wonder Bread and some ramen for the couple of days. It's We're fine. cool. You yeah. got a baby now? Nah, motherfucker. You better have some milk. You better have some pureed fucking peaches and shit. I don't know what else you need to feed this <laughs> child, but you better have the supplies. Cause oh, right. I like last thing I want to do is walk around with like baby's kids. You know what I mean? Like just like some dirty yeah. ass little kids that are like bad as fuck. I want to make sure my kids are like <laughs> taken care of. At least they look presentable. They might be assholes, but they'll look they'll look presentable. You know what I mean? Uh, or they'll be fed and nutri- like have nutrition. But yeah, so daycare has been one of those things. That I think about oh fuck, like how am I gonna pay for that? Like I'm creating my budget. Ninety percent of the reason why I'm moving back to my near my parents because her parents and my parents live within five miles of each other. Oh my like, gosh! Yeah, and I work from home, and so I'm like thinking to myself, I could probably pay my mom half of what I would pay at daycare, mm-hmm. give her some spending cash, and then she just gets the ultimate gift of spending time with her grandkids. Right. <laughs> so I mean, it's a pipe dream. I'm sure she's gonna like. It's not gonna be perfect, but it'll be better than spending more than my mortgage on on daycare. Right. You know what I mean. Um, but before we talk more about money, we need to refill. These yes, cocktails. yes, we do. Absolutely. So we're we're just gonna we're gonna pause for a little ad break and uh, be right back. Sounds good. To borrow from all fantasy everything, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> oh God, yes. Oh my God. If only I could have like that explosive as a personality as guys on all comedy everything, all <laughs> oh. things everything. You can't All fantasy, it. everything. Oh my god! Third, third try. Listen, this is our third crown and coke. This is my third crown and coke, and I am not a drinker, for the record. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'll get home fine, but I just I don't drink. Sure. And, oh shit! This is like a perfect segue into some deep shit. Go for it. So lay it on me. Because we're during the break, we we're talking about how I felt like maybe I wasn't that father focused. Um, here's a here's a. a a switch of gears into the deep end, into fatherhood or anxiety. Um, alcohol. I don't have the best relationship with alcohol because my father was an alcoholic. Okay. So I can enjoy it. I can have it when I want to, and it's in moderation. I do not like losing control, though. Oh, okay. So that's the thing. Like I've, I, I struggled with it when I was in my early, late teens, early 20s. 18, 17, 18, no, not 17. Definitely like 19, 20, 21. 
I was figuring out my relationship with alcohol. That was like right after the height of like my dad's alcoholism with me specifically. And uh, I kind of fell off of the, the whole drinking thing for a long time. And, and now it's like I'll drink when I want to have like a nice meal or maybe it's like a nice uh, occasion and things like that. But I don't like to get wasted anymore. Right. That, uh, that, that, that changes. And, and I think biology does a good job of making the hangovers way worse. Yes. And just yes. Like, don't do that anymore, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the alcohol for me has been something that I've not necessarily, like, stayed away from, but something that I just never let dominate my life because I had an example of, like, what it shouldn't do to you. Um, and I'm really crossing my fingers and, and really hoping with my heart of hearts that like my baby doesn't have that same struggle because it is genetic. Like my dad it comes from a really bad like upbringing. Like he grew up in Latin America, first of all, in a very poor country. Um, and he was raised by a stepfather and his stepfather was an alcoholic. Oh, gotcha. And his stepfather was abusive. And so... I think growing up, my dad didn't let that affect him too much until somehow when he hit around like my age, 30, 31, he went off the deep end, like just drinking a lot. So that was really hard to grow up with, but that's also why I don't have as much of a drinking habit as some of my friends. Like people will go out every night of the week or on the weekends, always have a drink, have a couple of drinks, party it up. Alcohol seems like, like that social lubricant to loosen you up kind of thing. Right. Right. After my tw- my early twenties, I didn't really necessarily rely on alcohol anymore. Um, and it's just been now that I'm getting back in a relationship, but I'm very conscious of my relationship with alcohol. I won't buy any alcohol and keep it in my house. My brother lives with me and my fiance, so he'll buy some, he'll keep it in the house. He drinks, that, that's his i don't touch right. it i don't fuck with it i don't look at it i don't it doesn't even bother me i don't even think about it um but uh yeah it's something that i definitely like am conscious of as my level of consumption how my personality is when i'm on consuming it and then hopefully like how that doesn't transfer to my daughter gotcha so well the 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 thing that you will hopefully find mm-hmm. is that um the things that you do and say, it's not, it's not what you'll, you, you, you could have six, six, like sit down conversations mm-hmm. with your future daughter mm-hmm. about it. But what she will pick up on more is how she sees you behave and act yes. with, with things like that. Because for example, um, Preston just went through the dare program yes. for the first time he learned all they, they focus a lot on alcohol, which mm-hmm. I think is a good thing Yes, yes because it, it, you know, all of the, you know, graduate from high school and <laughs> yeah, there's all that pressure to like be cool in high school and drink. Yeah. Exactly. yeah I totally understand. And then he, he, he would just say, I never want to touch alcohol. I don't do, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't like alcohol. He even yeah. gets like nervous when we rub alcohol on a cut. Like he's, he's, he's a very a much a rule kid. follower. Yeah. And he's got, and then, you know, when, you know, Holly and I will have, you know, a cocktail in the evening from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, you know, one of vodka cranberry or, you know, something like that. And he's like, daddy, what is vodka? I was like, well, 
you know, cocktails and vodka. Old that, potatoes. I was like, that's, that is, that is. <laughs> Old potato juice. That is alcohol. And he, and he just, it, it was a moment of just like, he didn't even understand that we drank because everything that he ever heard about alcohol was so negative. Yeah. And so like it, it went a little too far. Yeah. And then once he kind of heard like, and you know, adults from, you know, he, you know, time to time can have a cocktail or two and be okay. And, you know, have a fun and, and, and be able to, you know, not necessarily drive, but not be as addicted or, you know, or incapable, yeah, incapable as, as it's always made out to be. So he's, he's still very much on the right side of things, which is less is better. Right. But it was, it was interesting that when he found out, like when I say vodka, that means alcohol. He's like, I've heard that word uh, from time to time, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's never resulted in what I've heard it results in. So yeah, but that's that's a that's a that's something you know I should probably be more cognizant of because there has been alcoholism in my family as well. Right. Oh, well, I didn't know that. That's crazy. How? What's your relationship with that? Um, it was with my grandparents. Okay. And they, it was it was the kind of relationship where I never saw them drunk, but they were always drinking. Hmm. Okay. And no, no one was ever abusive or mm. mean or had any run-ins with the law or anything like that. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, Bloody Marys at breakfast, mm. you know, um, vodka at lunch and scotch around four o'clock. And it just, it, it, it never really affected me or bothered me or was even an issue. But from time to time, I do feel like... Oh, I should take a break. Ah, it's um, the best way I can describe it is when you see a kite flying, mm-hmm. and you know that kite is on the wind. Yeah, and the only thing pulling at it is like four points on that kite, sure, resisting that wind. Sure, and that's the same feeling that I will feel from time to time, going like, "Go ahead, you know, you can make a cocktail right now." Like. You had a good day. You had a bad day. You had a medium day. What, whatever it is, just like it just pulls you a little bit. It's never a force. It's just a nudge. Yeah. And when I feel that nudge, I'm like, I'm not gonna. Nope. That's when I'm not gonna do it. Interesting. Interesting. I think knock on wood, I've never had that. Um, that's not wood. Well, fuck. Where let me find a stud in the wall somewhere. <laughs> Um, the stud finder knocks on forehead. You got it. You got it on your on your handles. There you go. Yeah. On, the, on the armrests. Oh, I thought I was like knocking my fat. I was like, I'm the stud. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you are uh, a very handsome man. Oh, thank I'm, you very much. I'm not You're gonna... such a sweet gentleman. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. Like, I I'd never had that calling to alcohol. Like, my father has described it. He's a he's a he hasn't done it in a few years, and I'm very proud of him for it. Um, but at the height of his alcoholism, he would describe it as like this un, uncontrollable urge to mm. suppress emotions or just 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 to just to put the bottle to his lips. Hmm. It's like I need this. This is like my medicine to like not feel. Because I, I I do now as an adult, I understand where my father came from. I don't. I I've forgiven him, but I haven't excused it. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So. I don't hold him responsible. I don't any of that shit. We have a really good relationship now as adults. He respects me as a man. I respect him as a man. I understand that he's a human being. He's no longer, when I was growing up, 
as a kid, as a baby, and then there's like a little small child, you think dad is superhuman. My dad is my superhero. He's super fucking strong. And you know the name of the podcast, right? My name, my, my name's greater. My dad's greater than my your dad. dad's greater than your dad. And that was like I believe that to a fault. My dad was so strong and so fucking well resilient, and funny and charming and charismatic. Everything I, I, I recognize that I get ninety percent of my. That's sorry, mom. Eighty percent of my personality from my dad. Twenty percent from my mom. I, get, I my dad is charming as fuck. My dad is funny as fuck. My dad is hardworking as fuck and very intelligent. Uh, I get a lot of that from him. I get a lot of compassion from my mom. Mm. My dad is not compassionate in the sense that, like, I get maybe it's his life experience, but he'll be like, "Fuck it, that's what it is. Sorry, I, I'm a, I'm okay. My bad." My mom is like, "Oh, mijo, or oh, look at this person, or whatever." Like, she's more compassionate. So I get eighty percent from my father, twenty percent from my mother in terms of my personality mix. That's kind of what I've dictated. Um. And so, like, I get a lot of the good from him, but I've never had that, that, that like, calling to the alcohol where I'm like, oh, I need to drink. I need, like, this is stressful. I need to fucking drink. I need mm-hmm. to, like, whatever. I, I, when I was younger, I didn't understand um, alcohol, what it could do to me. I was still experimenting. I didn't drink at all until I was 17, 18. Really? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's very different than my experience yeah no i didn't drink at all because like again we had a perfect childhood growing up until about maybe around like 10 11 is when things started to change for me elementary school was cool when i got to middle school i started to see the change in my dad he got a lot sadder Hmm. he got a lot more intense about his drinking it used to be every saturday sunday family and friends would come over to our house and we'd have throw big parties just uh, in, we're hispanic so if you're hispanic you know what carne asada it's just a barbecue you know and and like I'm, so we'd have I'm, people, I'm white i know what that is you're white <laughs> you have hispanic family members you, you know what's up so you have a carne asada the barbecue everybody comes over somebody brings a fucking potato salad somebody brings the meat somebody brings the beers fucking throw some music on the kids are playing in the backyard the parents are on the fucking living room drinking and eating food it's mm-hmm. a good time that was my childhood around maybe like i said middle school 11 12 13 I started to see that shadow creep in my dad changing like perspectives and like that really was like the the turning point for me of thinking like oh man alcohol probably what is this thing I don't understand it I know it makes my dad real sad and sometimes it makes my dad real angry and so um you know my cousin will attest to this he probably won't even listen to this podcast but my cousin will tell you like when I we were growing up 18 19 20 when I'm still trying to figure myself out, I was partying a lot hmm. I was going out and just trying to figure out what the f- fuck who i was first of all and then second of all like what alcohol did to me okay because it was like i would see my parents and my parents friends and family members like drink at every social event that's what they did they right. get together drink beers drink shots eat food have fun and that was like what my thought was so i would do that but i didn't know what my limit was so i would just like go over oh you'd overshoot yeah. oh man like yeah, yeah. I mean, I overshot so many times, dude. There's like stories that my cousin will tell you or friends will tell you. Like, I went overboard. I got drunk. I was like, in, well, this is like probably my 20s. This is really when I was really getting my my relationship with alcohol straightened out. But like, I specifically remember there was a Halloween. I had moved back to California from Texas. I was with my cousin. We went to go to this party, this Halloween party at like this industrial. I don't know if maybe somebody's dad or cousin or brother owned or worked at this like fab uh, warehouse mm-hmm. but like they had all this empty space and so they like threw a, ho- a halloween party there in the oh, in like in la in like an industrial zone whatever so we go i show up with a fucking bacardi bottle okay 
and I'm hugging that Bacardi bottle all night long. And at some point around 10.30 at night, I got there around like 9, I black out. I wake up in the backseat of my car. Uh, My keys are gone. My cousin took my keys. And I tried texting him. He's like, yeah, I took your keys. I had a, a spare key hidden behind the mirror of my car, and I got myself home. But that was the beginning of my realization that I had a negative relationship with alcohol because the next day I woke up to pictures of myself like passed out in a chair with vomit all over me with everybody at the party taking pictures of me with me. So I was like the laughing stock of this party. And that was when I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I can't be drinking like this anymore. And that was like, like legitimately that was the shifting moment in my youth to be like i can't drink i don't want to be my father i don't want to go through all this kind of stuff um and i don't want to drink anymore so i I just don't drink heavily and that's one thing that i hope that like i can pass on to my daughter because of the way that i live my life like yeah i'll smoke you know pretty heavily i smoke weed um but that's a way different personality reaction than to drinking a lot of alcohol right you can smoke some weed and be giggly be hungry be sleepy Mm -hmm. um you're not hurting anybody. You drink a lot of alcohol, though. You get loud, you get aggressive, and you get emotional. Yeah. So, it it, bra- it breaks down the walls. Yeah. Yeah, it brings down all mm-hmm. these inhibitions. Um. So yeah, the alcohol is just something that like I still have this weird complex relationship. Like now, as an adult, I feel like I can have my drinks. I know my limit. I know what I like, what I don't like, and when I like it, when I don't like it. It's very rare that I drink. This is actually like the first time I've had a drink and. Five weeks, yeah. five weeks, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Sorry. I'm sorry, it's not a weed podcast. It wouldn't. It would be, oh my be God. entirely different. No, I'd be talking a lot slower. I'd be fine, but I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> but um, no. So yeah, like that. That thing is something that I I definitely worry about. Genetically speaking, for like to pass on to my daughter, um, I want to make sure that I'm a good example. I want her to have a a good relationship with alcohol. I don't want to deny her alcohol. Because right. maybe it might be something that she enjoys in in moderation. Her mother has never had a problem with alcohol. Her mother's parents never had a problem with alcohol. As far as I know, that's just not a thing in her side of the family. My my fiance's side of the side of the family. So I'm not worried about it. My fa- side of the family is a big issue. Pretty serious. Yeah. So I'm hoping that me putting the right steps forward will help her become a better person and like have a good relationship with alcohol like like mature adults you have a drink you have fun and then the next day you don't have to feel like the need to drink it or you go through a sad moment you don't feel like the need to take the shot you know what i mean right um that's the most important for me well not most important but one of the big tenets for me is like making sure that my daughter doesn't depend on alcohol growing up or well, any of my kids if i have more if i can share a story with you, absolutely i i grew up with alcohol never being a big deal mm-hmm And I think that's helped me quite a bit because I grew up and occasionally my dad would, my dad would be working out in the garage and he'd give me sips of beer Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't the thing. And then I would be at dinner and I would get not every night, but on like Thanksgiving, Christmas, things like that. I would get served wine and, and like Preston's age. Yeah. And it would, it would just be like, Hey, if you want, some of the, if you want, I was the only grandchild. They're like, ah. if you want some of this, it's fine. If you don't want it, don't drink it. Okay. It's fine. And it would be like that. And of course I wanted to be like the adults yeah. and I would drink and I would never get drunk that there were, no one wants a drunk 11 year old. Right. But I, I knew what it tasted like. I knew, you know, 
I knew how it kind of felt a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was it was never made to be this big thing to never do, and I was never I was never the one to black out. I mean, I, I was <laughs> lucky never, you. Luckily, yeah. Yeah. But um, but I I did have my I did have my party nights. See, and so like I'm glad that you bring that up because. I've had very many self-reflecting conversations where I think to myself, like, how the fuck am I going to bring up this topic with my daughter? At what age? How do I bring it up? And what am I going to say? Oh, God, it's so beautiful. It's so easy. They will ask you. <laughs> it's it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really not kidding that if if they get to an age where you think, like, I should have this conversation, that's that might be too late. Because, because if you keep an open dialogue and just talk to them literally about everything, like don't make any topic off limits and just chat about things in a casual manner all the time and never make like, this is a big conversation. Right. We need to talk about drinking or boys or, you know, respecting other people. If you make it a big deal, then it will be a big deal. Uh, but okay. if it's just like, hey, this is life. You're going to run into this. Remember, you know, that this is the way to handle this situation. And then just reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. And it doesn't, it, it never becomes the big deal. It just becomes like, oh, my dad said. Right. This. And so like, you know, I'm I'm having Thanksgiving dinner, having a glass of wine and then, you know, I get to be 16 and someone's like, hey, we snuck beers. And I'm like, I have wine with my grandma. Like, this isn't cool, guys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, what What are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Now, now would I sit Preston down and go like, all right, Preston, you're going to taste scotch. No. Right. I'm never doing that. <laughs> yeah. it, that's that's not the dad I want to be. But I'll, I'll talk to him about it and be like, yeah. Dad's having a cocktail right now. Yeah, that's the okay. thing that I'm, I'm going to like be conscious of. Like, I want to remove the taboo around it because mm-hmm. I feel like if kids don't hear parents talk about it, it's like, oh, it's alcohol. <gasps> it's alcohol. Oh my god, they're like, drinking at the party. Oh like my god. Potion. Oh my god, Johnny, who I have a crush on, is drinking. Maybe I should drink so he likes me too. That I want to avoid with a situation like that. Like you said, no pressure. It's there if you want it. It's there if you don't, or it's not if you don't. Um, and it takes away like that cool factor to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. Because my gra- my grandmother, I I I miss her and yeah. I loved her, and I still do. And but yeah, she was not cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I never saw her. She wear, was gnarly. She she wore like nylon and polyester all the time, <laughs> and was like her her litmus for life was as long as I can get my hair done, I want I'm I'm good. But yeah. if I can't get my hair done, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be around anymore. Just go ahead and <laughs> let me go. A, a woman of simple needs. She was awesome. My <laughs> my mother's mother. Yeah. Her name was Christine, and she was like she was five foot three and just tough as nails. Yeah. Just like heavy smoker, heavy drinker. <laughs> learned from Chicago. Learned how to cook Southern because she fell in love with a Texas boy. Like, (laughs) like donated. So like she kept a library in a small town in Texas alive just with her donations. That's crazy. Just so I played the organ at church. Just an amazing 
moved all over the world. Your grandmother is like literally the epitome of a good grandmother. Yeah. Oh, based on yeah. everything you just described. Oh, yeah. She was a she was a elementary school music teacher. Oh, sweet Jesus. Who's, Could you have a more storybook grandmother? No. Who's students, was she a fairy too? Like <laughs> she was a tooth fairy. Sure was. <laughs> sure was. I lo- I think I lost a tooth at her house once, and there was still money under. Woke my up pillow. with a twenty. <laughs> oh generous <laughs> you that, lose one tooth but get paid for 20 yeah i was like damn i'm gonna lose tooth in this town more often <laughs> it was great no that's 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 uh that's good so like your grandma never really pressured you she presented it but it was like oh yeah it just wasn't a thing it just it was, wasn't a thing it yeah. was just it was just, like, there were seven glasses on the table they got filled with wine and like i don't know yeah that's see that's my thing where it was a problem like um i didn't like <laughs> i, I and that's where I think I'm going to try to be different. And I know that I already know that I am because I'm so introspective and mm-hmm. because of my fiance, future wife and um, who I am now. Like the fact that I can self analyze myself and be self-aware. It, it's a, it's a huge boon to me and, and, makes me feel better about my, my daughter's future because I, I, when I was growing up, I didn't have either had alcohol is the fucking solution to party mm-hmm. or alcohol is going to make you a raging fucking asshole. Mm. I didn't have a healthy relationship with alcohol as an example growing up. So then when you get to high school and everybody's drinking cause it's fun and it's cool. You're just like, fuck it. I can do it. And then it becomes that as a dude, I don't know if you experience this, but who can drink the most? Oh, I didn't. Who expect- handles your alcohol the best? I never experienced. Who this. wing? Who, have you ever played King's Cup? Not until I was like in my twenties. Yeah, I was playing King's Cup at like seventeen. Six. Jeez. Nah, I would take that back. Maybe eighteen. I but I was young. That's why I, I can't was drink gin before twenty-one for sure. Was playing King's Cup and stupid game, drinking games like that with friends and whenever we could. Um, definitely after eighteen was like when alcohol really kicked off for me. But anyway, I didn't have a good example for it, so it was like who can drink the most, who doesn't black out, and then eventually you black out because you don't know your limits, right? right. So like all that, this is just really complicated relationship with alcohol growing up, moving forward, whatever, whatever. And so now, I feel a little better knowing that I have this mature relationship with alcohol that I understand what like the pitfalls are with it, and it's right. just really not in my house. My brother has his alcohol, whatever. Once he moves out, or we buy our house, and it's just my wife and I and the baby, mm-hmm. probably not going to be very much alcohol. If if maybe a bottle of wine or a bottle of amaretto or something like that, <laughs> maybe maybe. But dude, you're about to, you're about to buy a house. Yeah, this is exciting, dude. I ha- I'm doing it all in one year. I'm having a baby in June. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to buy a house in June because my lease expires in June. 2020. Yeah. 2020, baby. And my wedding is in November. I'm doing it all in one year. You know what? You are, listen, you've got a lot going for you um, <sighs> this year. This is, no, no, this is this is great. Number one, house. Yeah. Number two, baby. I mean, this these are not in importance order. Number yeah. three, wife. Yeah. And then the best part is your math is going to be so easy from now on <laughs> because it's going to be 2021. It's the one year anniversary of all of these things. <laughs> it's going to be 2022. It's going to be the two year anniversary. Oh, You're going to be like, Hmm, how old is my baby going to be in 2030? Oh yeah, that's right. 10 years old. Oh, Cause man. <laughs> I thought you were going a completely different direction. I thought you're going to be like, your, inc- your numbers are going to be so easy. 
5% of your income is yours. <laughs> 95% goes to your wife and your daughter. No, 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 no. No, not at all. No, I'm just concerned about the when you when you go back when you're 90 years old and you're like in 19, you know, or in, oh, I'm sorry, in 2040, what was going on? Oh yeah, my daughter was 20 years old. <laughs> that was, that is somewhat of an advantage if you want to look at it that way for sure i mean but but no no the, the no the real thing the real thing i want to tell you is it, you you do sound like you have so much concern about wanting to be good at yeah. all of these things yeah and the best thing is is that that's all i mean that's you remember gi joe like yeah. knowing is half the battle <laughs> yeah wanting to be good at all of these things and caring about being good at all these things is so much of the challenge and just being like, God, I want to be a good dad. You know what? Guess what? You're halfway there because you just want it. I, I hope so. I really hope. No, that. it really, it's really like that. My because fiance there are so many slack asses out there that don't want to be good dads or don't even care about it. And they're just like, well, I got to, I guess I got to make more money. <sighs> it's not, <laughs> you know, and, 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 yeah, if anything is giving me anxiety, it's that. It's to be a good dad. And I think that's a good anxiety to have at this point. I'm really not freaking out about how the fuck am I going to pay for this. I'm the type of guy that will... I'll fucking clean toilets. I, I work for a, car, a Fortune 100 right now. I have a really fucking great position. I'm good at it. I get paid really well, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But I have no qualms. If I lost my job tonight to go fucking clean toilets, right? I'll go to McDonald's. I will, I will do whatever the fuck I have to do to pay my bills and pay my rent. You'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. That I got from my father. I will absolutely 100% always attribute that to my mother and my father. They are hard fucking workers and they will never say no to a job that will give them income. That's that they know that like sweat equity, right? I'm going right. to get paid for what I put in. Yep. My parent, that's my parents to a T. So I have no qualms about that. I mean, yeah, I have a blue, uh, a white collar job, whatever, whatever. But I'll, I'll go out in the fucking field and pick strawberries if I have to. Um, I'm not worried necessarily about the providing for my daughter. I know that I'll figure that part out. It's really the anxiety for me has been, will I equip her to be a good human being? Mm -hmm. Will I give her a loving, fulfilling home? And you will. Yes. Yes. The the answer to that is yes. yes I hope will. so. Yeah. And then like, I, I hope that I give her a good sense of what a man should be. That's important. I'm having a daughter. Right. And so like as an asshole <laughs> that was dating, um, I look back at a lot of the relationships that, relationships that I've had. I look back at a lot of the girls that I've dated and, and the mistakes that I've made. And I think to myself, fuck, like that really just sucks. I can imagine if I was that person's father mm -hmm. what i would think about the guy who did that to his daughter made her cry or made her hurt or made her emotional or made her whatever the case is um for my daughter i want her to be equipped and strong and independent and cared for and loved so that she makes informed decisions for herself that are gonna progress her life and be yep. good for her um so that's where a lot of my pressure comes again it's not the income it's not the, can I change a diaper? Although I'm really scared shitless about cleaning uh, diapers. Front to back. Front Dude, to back. I, I don't even have a daughter. Front to back. <sighs> it's the smell. It's not oh. necessarily the fucking poop Breathe or whatever. Breathe through your fucking mouth and man up. Jesus oh, Christ. my God. Bro. I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's different. It is. Listen, the reason. Okay. I have a dog. Mm -hmm. and I was not a dog person. And I was just like, and, and one of the things I used to say was, I am not going to 
deal with the shit of an animal that is not genetically related, related to, to me. me. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> you heard it. You finished it. Um, now... I love this dog. I will pick up his shit all day long. If I ran out of bags, I'd pick it up with my hand or a leaf. I don't care. Yeah. I love this dog. And that is the weird thing that happens. With the dog with the kid? With the kid. Is like it's like, yeah, it's it's still shit, but it's like it's your shit. It's like <sighs> it's like the shit from from where and, and you You, you fig- seriously underestimate my ability to clean up my own shit though. I, listen, I, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally do, get what you're saying. You, you've used my bathroom a couple of times since you've been here. Do I need? Look, am I going to need to Lysol? And <laughs> look, I broke the seal. All right, that's all it is. It's just the seal's broken. Um, no, I get what you're saying, and that is something that I'm just going to have to, like you said, just man up. Mm-hmm. Smells the the grossness of a baby. Like I was reading. <laughs> I used to be able to read a lot of shit and it would never bother me like about parenthood specifically, but I was reading like, you know, you're on Reddit or whatever. And uh, there's a meme, like I'm waking up to my morning coffee. My baby says, daddy, coffee hot. Let me blow on it. And he blows a fucking chunk of chicken nugget into it. Like (laughs) that kind of shit um, is disgusting, but I can overlook it because it's my seed. It's my child. I think I have a more existential anxiety about, their personality types i keep telling my fiance i'm like as long as my baby's happy as long as my baby's healthy and they're not a fucking asshole or a serial killer (laughs) i'm cool yeah i i just i don't want her to be a sociopath i don't want her to end up in jail have you been watching too much killing eve like i have no i've been watching fucking the aaron hernandez story that motherfucker's crazy is he really okay uh, no, okay. I don't think it was his fault as much as he was broken. But whatever. I mean, you start, you start, you start seeing that shit, and you're like, that kid was this world class athlete, but he's broken on the inside because his parents were assholes. Sure. He had millions, forty million dollar contract with the Patriots, and he fucking killed somebody because his daddy didn't love him enough, and his mommy was a, a fucking bookie for the mob or whatever the fuck it was. Wow, I don't yeah, care it, enough about sports to even care about. It's the- a good fucking documentary if you're out there. Mm-hmm. Netflix, pay me these royalties or sponsor this show. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so you look at stuff like that and I'm like, dude, I just don't, I don't want my, I don't want that to be my legacy. I don't want that to be my name or my blood to be known as a fucking asshole or a murderer or whatever. I just wanted to have a happy, healthy life. So that's like my biggest anxiety as, as a prospective parent. Well, not as prospective. I'm, I'm going to be a parent. You I'm a are, future yeah, parent. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's no turning back right now. Yeah, no, they, they can't. Uh, the biggest stressor <laughs> for me You looked into is, it. Can't turn back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've, trust me. I've looked at the options. No options. Um... I just want to make sure that she's she's a good human being. I don't care if she makes a million dollars or not. She can make thirty thousand dollars. I've I've look. My parents are from Guatemala. There are sections of Guatemala that are dirt poor as fuck. My mother's side of the family has dirt floors and an adobe hut. Okay, from where my grandparents live. I swear to God, uh, you walk in, there is no f- carpet. There is no concrete on the floor. It is just matted down dirt. I believe over you. years and years and years of people walking on it. My grandmother refuses to wear shoes. To give you context, um, I want them to be able to like recognize where we come from, mm-hmm. and then build upon that and push us further as a family, as a generation, as a as a as a as a people. Um, but I just I, that's where my stress comes. I want her to be a good person. I want her to be a productive person. I want her to be um, full of life. 
And really what my fear is, is that she's going to be a depressed person because depression is a big deal in my family. I deal with it. My father dealt with it. Obviously the alcoholism, my, my, my fiance has dealt with it. So I want her to make sure that she like has all of the tools, um, to be able to succeed in life. If she does have depression, that she understands what it is, how to deal with it and move on with her life, understand alcoholism in her life, what that, what the role alcohol could play and how she handles that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my anxiety. It's not, I got to clean up the poop. I got to pay for college. Um, no, fuck all that. I really just care about her. Who is she going to be as a person? That's where my stress comes from. That's where my anxiety comes from right now. It's, well, I have, I have a, this may sound like a, a random question, but that grandmother mm-hmm. who lives in Guatemala mm-hmm. and has a dirt floor, is that grandmother happy? Is yeah. She, is she a happy person? Yeah. No, I think I think that is a beautiful lesson that you are going to get to teach your daughter is you're hopefully going to get to introduce your daughter to that grandmother at an age where she's going to see this happy, fulfilled person who doesn't have the material things necessarily, but has found an avenue towards happiness yeah and is is able to is 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 living that life if if she's old enough to ever get to meet her and Mm -hmm. and and like be lucid yeah fucking fantastic i'd appreciate that to like the end of the world i don't i don't know my grandma's pushing 90 like she's got some stuff going on with her mind i think she you know uh, i might be misspeaking here but i think we're pretty sure my mom told me that there was like a worm like a tapeworm in her brain, something like it, it's serious. Hmm. It's it it's the old country. You eat fucking shitty meat. You eat like right. weird shit. There's bacteria, whatever. Things happen. Things happen. Um, so I think my grandma may not be here by the time my my baby's lucid enough to understand who that is. But you have but the stories. I have the stories, and we're gonna take her to go visit. That's and actually I'm doing that with my fiance. She's never been to Guatemala before. Like I've been a few times, in, well, more than a few times in my life. I went a lot as a kid. I haven't been back in like maybe ten years so as an adult. So I'm going to correct that. And after we get married and everything, I want to take her there to understand who I am, where I come from, and why I am who I am. And all your slang is out of date. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're going to walk in there going like, this stuff is groovy, guys, right? Oh, God, like, yeah. You piece of shit. America. Oh, well, it doesn't fucking help that I'm like 6'1", and everybody there is 5'2". <laughs> so I look like a fucking giant. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, like considering I'm pretty light-skinned for like the people in my country. So like, yeah, I, as soon as I walk in, they go, oh, he's American, he's got money, fucking let's go, 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 go. I get upcharged for every everything. fucking thing. Um, <laughs> and then I start speaking Spanish, and I speak it flawlessly. I'm like, no, 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 no. So it's it's fun, but anyway, point being is like I stick out like a sore thumb. I want her to go back. I want her to appreciate and understand where we come from, because I already know she's gonna have a much better upbringing than I did. My parents came here first generation. My my dad worked his fucking ass off, and in three years he had residency and he bought us a house. Wow. Yeah, dude. He in was three years. In three years. Yeah, he had my my sister at eighteen. Uh, they moved here, and then they had me, and my dad was twenty five. 24 so by the time i was actually i'm sorry i take that back we were probably two or three he already had the house or uh yeah 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 yeah. we had the house like around three or four and your dad was 24 25 yeah he just busted his ass off working as a welder as a gardener anything he could do and that's where i get that from but that's but man 20 23 24 two kids 
buys a house in the United States as an immigrant. Wow. This is preceded that, by that's intense. That, that, so there's a there's a level of like um, expectations that's been set for me as a father mm-hmm. that I I feel like I've my father set for me. He doesn't know that, but I like I need to meet like this level of delivering for my family no matter what. Mm-hmm. My dad's gone through a lot of struggles, a lot of hardships. The alcohol being one of the biggest ones. He's had an accident. He's had a couple of things, but that motherfucker will always figure out a way to feed his family. And so I get that from him. Um, so like, it's I I want to to take all of the good from my dad. I want to um, put all of this into the future of my daughter, and I know she's gonna have a better life. So my dad came from the old country with my mom, Guatemala. Third, people considered a third world country back in the '90s and '80s. It's still maybe a third world country. It's come a long way, but. Um, they came here, they buy that house, they build a life for us. They put me in school. They pushed me into music. My sister was in music too. I went to a music academy for high school. That's how much they pushed me into a, a positive direction. Um, fast forward 20, 30 years and here I am. I work a fucking white collar job for a fortune 100 company. I'm doing really fucking well. I'm having my first baby. I'm buying a house. I'm having a wedding. I'm having all these things that like they had dreamt for me that I didn't, I don't think they even knew how it was going to manifest itself. So my life is already exponentially much better than theirs was growing up. I know that my daughter's life is probably going to be exponentially much better than my life growing up because we grew up in the hood in LA. Okay. We grew up in the hood a couple of blocks from the projects. I got mugged by a crackhead before. I've been jumped by gang members before. Whoa. I've had a rough upbringing. My daughter's probably going to grow up in a real white as fuck neighborhood, real <laughs> affluent neighborhood, um, probably go to really good school but I never want her to forget where she came from. I'm going to take her ass to my grandparents' house to see that dirt floor. I want her to walk that dirt floor and smell it, feel it, understand it, and internalize it and go. And respect it. And respect it. Yeah. It took me a long time, and I, 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 so I'm ashamed to admit it. It took me a long time to even respect what my parents did. My parents came here illegally when they were 18, 19. My parents got together when they were six, eight, 17-ish, Sure. Got married. They lived together for maybe like almost a year in like a, a rented out property. And then that lady needed to like move her family. And so she kicked them out. And my dad was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to go to the States. He came by himself to try to do it. He got deported. He got caught in Mexico, got sent back. Wow. He's like, you know what? We're going to do it again. We're going to take my mom and my sister. He got them all the way up to, sorry. He got them all the way up to the border. Um, and then my sister got basically... Uh, put with this woman, this family. They don't even know who these people are. This man and this woman basically crossed my sister over as her, as their daughter. They drugged her so she was asleep. They crossed her the border and passed her off as their daughter. My mother and father had to fucking cross from Tijuana through Arizona and Texas, kind of like that border. Oh, that's a that you should come up Tijuana to California, but they no, went they Arizona. went the other way around. They went Oof. to like Arizona, New Mexico, or yeah, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, kind of like that kind of direction. I don't know. They don't even know exactly where. They went kind of like southeast. Wow. And then um, the story that they told me is it, it, to this day that they're my fucking heroes. I mean, like they 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 walked for miles and miles and miles in the dead of night so that they wouldn't see, be seen by cameras. Right. This is the 80s, so they didn't have thermals back then, I'm sure, but like late 80s. Um, they there, walked by... There were people and there were binoculars still. Yeah, right? yeah. That's people's like, binoculars, sniper rifles, all that kind of shit. They still walked in the middle of the night in the middle of the desert. Um, there, there was a... The, my mom tells me this part of the story where there was like this giant, like basically a mountain. 
and it was all sand on one side. Like the, the border patrol had like either poured sand or like fucked with the dirt on that side to make it really loose and really hard to scale. And she tells me about the story where they're like climbing up and she feels like this mountain never fucking ends. And she's like, just tell my dad, we need to go back. We need to go back. I can't do this. I can't do this. And my dad's like, no, you're not fucking quitting. Our daughter is on the other side of that border. Wow. You better fucking push it. Like my mom tells me like that way in her in her own words. Um, my dad, my dad like doesn't like to talk about it. But like my mom was telling me like, yeah, your dad basically yelled at me and was like, he pushed me. He had one hand on me on my back and my butt and like pushed me up that fucking mountain. Wow. And got me over it. Um, they get over the mountain. They have to cross like this fucking pitch black highway. The coyotes like, guys, you're going to run fucking as fast as you can. And when you get maybe like 100 yards in, start slowing down because there's a concrete barrier and you're not going to see it. You're going to fucking run into it. So just slow down. Once you get over that barrier, fucking haul ass again to the other side of the highway. It's like a three lane highway on each side. So a six lane highway. And they do that shit. My mom's telling me they're all running ass like 15 people. One guy fucking hits the concrete wall. Boom, flips over, smashes his face, oh, blood geez. everywhere. They pick his ass up and drag him. They basically like pull him across the rest of the way. They, they do all that. They get to a halfway house. I'm skipping a lot here. They get to this halfway house. It's a fucking cesspool. Like it's dirty. It's just basically an empty house. Right. It's just a shell house that somebody bought and they've emptied it out to like house immigrants. And then once their payments have cleared or family is cleared, they'll come pick them up or they'll go deliver them wherever they need to go. So my parents are at this halfway house basically. They get there. It's dirty. My mother said that her and like two other women, because it was a house full of dudes. Oh, no. It was like two or three women. They took it upon themselves to clean the house up, wash everything, wash the bathrooms out there. Because she said it was like disgusting. They clean this house up, make it like livable. And then they get cleared. My mom and my dad get cleared to go and, and go meet my aunt. So they get driven from like Arizona, wherever the fuck this house is, all the way back to where meet my, my aunt, who was already wow. here with her husband. So now that story is like, I wouldn't be here without that. My parents had to fucking break the law, look, seek amnesty, got amnesty, got residency, sought citizenship. Now they're citizens. Um, they did it the long way and the hard way, but they've made it. Now they live in Austin, excuse me, in San Antonio. They own their own fucking house. All they have to pay is for taxes now on the, on the property. Um, and they did that with nothing. My dad didn't finish high school. My mom didn't even finish middle school. And they did that shit with nothing. So, like, to me, that's the bare minimum. Like, that, the bar has been set that high. My parents don't have an education. They didn't have any, quote-unquote, discernible skill set. And yet they came here and they've bought two homes, cash. Oh, well, one cash. The other one, they financed the first one. Um, they have three kids that are all moderately successful. My sister has, like, a master's in fucking social work. She's done tons and incredible work with... Um, youths that are in gangs. So she lived in Los Angeles. Well, we were born and raised in Los Angeles, but um, she would take kids that were like in sixth grade in at-risk neighborhoods, help them get through high school and graduate them. So she's got like all these That's success amazing. stories. Like gang, like she's got people in prison that will write her and I failed you. You tried everything to try to help me and blah, 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 blah. And they try to like turn their life around. But the fact that like, like hardcore gangsters like will prison write her to, to thank her for her efforts incredible so my sister's like a saint she's up here and she married a pastor and all this kind of shit so she's like perfect you have just, me just booking booking in the sainthood oh yeah book her in the sainthood canonize my sister i came up i was a little <laughs> rougher i mean i was a, a musician for sure that or whatever um but i mean now no college degree i'm going back to school because i want to be an executive but um 
now I'm working for a big company, got a great job, et cetera. I'm doing good at it. My little brother is moving up through as well. He's going to school and he works for a bank or now he works for, excuse me, an insurance company and he's he moves up really quickly. He follows a lot of my footsteps in terms of like our, our work drive. Right, right. So like my parents came from nothing. They raised three badass, raised three badass kids, in my opinion. I think we're, I'm really proud of us. And then I know that my daughter is going to be like that an extra level of like comfort and like... Um, I don't know. And like, you want to push that hunger. Amenity. You want to push that drive. I want to push her. that drive into her. Yeah. What I don't want to happen is for her to be like, oh, my dad gave me everything. My mom and dad gave me everything. This and is the way life care. is supposed to be. No, fuck that. I want you to understand. I came from the fucking hood. <laughs> your mom and dad or your grandma and grandpa, excuse me, came from the fucking like rancho. Like, like there was mumbo cows and guns. Like that's about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, so like I think that is important for for our family to remember and move on. I mean, even though like ha- she's half white and her mother is not necessarily like rich or anything like that, or her parents worked hard. Her mother's an accountant. Her dad works for um, uh, a landscape, not a landscape company. Let's like a, a wholesaler gardener. Sure. Uh, like they, they have greenhouses and they resell to like big other wholesalers for for gardening and, and landscaping, and so. They, they, they've had a comfortable upbringing on her side of the family. My side of the family has been a little rougher. And so I want to make sure that my daughter understands that and that helps build her character because I don't want her to become like one of these prissy little fucking kids at these like privileged schools that thinks life is easy and like, oh, everybody grows up with an iPhone and whatever. It's like, no, I want you to understand. I got my ass kicked in high school. My Dad got his shit kicked in when he was growing up. (laughs) Like all these things that happened to get you to where you are today. And I want you to internalize that so that way your kid goes even farther than you are. Mm -hmm. And they understand where they came from. That's important for me. As I don't want anybody in my generational line to ever forget where the fuck they came from. Because I will never forget. As white as I sound. And we talked about this earlier. um, (laughs) I don't have an accent. I, I, I have. I think I have a very good vocabulary and the way I carry myself, et cetera. Um, I don't want, I'd never have forgotten who I am, where I come from and what I look like. And I don't want that to ever happen to my family because they might look whiter. They might pass, you know, my daughter might be blonde, blue eyed. Yeah. You know, and and her husband might be blonde, blue eyed and then their kids will not, they won't even fucking look like me, but I want them to always remember the blood that they carry. Hmm. Always remember where they came from. Like, we struggled struggled from fuck i'm just using my real last name at this point i can i can i can actually edit that okay That's well okay. the blank last name has come from x x point that i know of all the way to this point and we're going to continue that chip on our shoulder as we continue like our mm-hmm. generations on that chip on my shoulder is i think is is what's gotten me to where i am today it's like that drive to push me to where um I've, I've gotten to today and where I'm going to continue to push to. And I don't want it to be lost in future generations of my family. I mean, right now all I have is my daughter or hopefully my daughter. Um, I don't have plans for other kids just yet, maybe, but right now she's my focus and I want her to understand where I come from and where I want her to go. That's all like, and it's, it's, uh, I, I don't I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the fact that you want it to happen is gonna make it happen. It's it it, it really will be. It it, it it's gonna happen. So when you, I had a I had a conversation with 
you know, family member and they were just talking about how much they were struggling with, you know, how like their, their diet. Yeah. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking while they're talking about the struggles they're having with their diet and how much they eat ice cream, I'm like, you buy the fucking groceries. Mm. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't have to do this. To yourself. You don't have to buy Bluebell. You can just walk right past it and buy broccoli instead. Right. In the same way, you you you're 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 holding so tight to wanting to like your daughter to know where she came from. If you just tell her, she'll know. If you if you let her know it's important, she'll know. If you if you model for her that she is that she is important, that she is valued, that she has a history it will sink in. I and so. and this is this is something that that I've I've told as many people as will listen. And that is if you're trying to hold water you if you if you try and hold water with a closed hand, if you hold your hands as tight as possible, you will not hold any water at all. Sure. But you're trying to hold it so hard. Mm-hmm. But if you keep your hands open and you can hold a lot of water and it takes just as much effort to keep your hands open, but you will, you will hold so much more. Hmm. And so just keeping that, keeping that open for her yeah, and just like, here's this whole well of knowledge and stories and all of that for her, it'll, it'll be there and it'll, it'll sink in way more than just like, appreciate where you came from (laughs) yeah no well i don't want to beat her over the head and be like look we came from shit and here we are no it's not that but it's like no it's not no no no. and 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 you make a good point like i I mean hopefully she will internalize it accept it etc um i don't know it's just it's one of those things man like i just want my kid to know what it took to get her to where she is it took me a long time for me to understand where that was. When I was in my 20s, I didn't care. I was just here. I was a U.S. citizen. I was born here. This is my life. I've always had a TV, and I've always had electricity, and I've always had hot water. Overrated fucking essential, or overrated like amenities in life, because I go to Guatemala. You take a cold-ass shower from the water tank that gets collected yep. from either the rain or the public water source. Sure. Like, they turn it on two times a day. You got you hope you fill up that fucking gallon on the roof of the house, and then that's the water you use for cooking, cleaning, whatever. So, all these things that we have for granted, like, I've accepted that, like, now as an adult. And when I was a kid, it was just a fact of life. Now I realize, like, oh, shit, my life could have been different. My parents would never have come here. I'd probably be a farmer. Or I'd be doing what my grandma, sure. my, my grandfather does. Excuse me, my grandfather actually will hike four, six miles each way, once in the morning and once in the afternoon to turn the water on for the fucking village. Wow! They have a huge water plant about four or five miles away from the village. He'll walk his ass up, and this dude's like eighty-eight. He'll walk his ass all the way up there, hike with some of my grand, my his grandkids, some of my cousins. He'll walk up there. He'll turn the water on for. 45 minutes, whatever. He turns it back off again. He walks his ass back. He goes back again in the afternoon or the evening to turn it back on and then turns it back on. And in that time, everybody in the village has a big old blue plastic tank on the roof of the house. You fill that shit with water. I've seen those. And that's what you use for everything. That's water, clothes, food, whatever. That's your water source for the day. That's probably what I would have been doing. 
that or working in the city like with uh if where my dad's side of the family is probably i don't know bus attendant the guys that hang off the bus the shitty ass chicken buses and like take take like coins for people's fares i don't know i don't know i don't know what my life would have been had we stayed right so for me it's very 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 important that like my kin or my excuse me my seed my offspring understand where we come from where we are and where we could go like just like you probably feel like preston is so fucking smart and he could do whatever he wants if he wanted to be president of the united states he could probably be president of the United States. I'm, I'm sure you feel that, that he had, like, as a father, as a parent, right? The bar, the bar's been really low <laughs> on that, on that particular thing. I'll, I'll go for NASA before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, that same like belief and energy that you put in your kids, like, I, yeah, I want her to have all of those skill sets, but totally understand where she comes from, so that she has that chip on her shoulder. Like, I've always had to feel like I had to work twice as hard as my coworkers. Mm, okay to get recognized or get achievements or whatever. So like, I really think that's important for her to understand. Um, well, and if you're listening to this, Olivia as as an adult or a young adult. Oh, is that going to be your name? Olivia. Yes. It's her name. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I don't, it was really weird. We were um, going back and forth with all these names and then we found out the gender and we both kind of just clicked to Olivia. Um, so that's her name. That's Olivia. great. Olivia will be here in June. And so Olivia, baby, if you're hearing this, you know, I want you to understand like, where I'm coming from, where I came from, where your bloodline comes from and where you're at now. And that's a privilege and the potential for you to take your family and the generations that come after us is unlimited, but you need to know where you came from. And I will make sure that, that you understand that. And I hope that you internalize that because that's important. Again, I, I feel like that's been part of my success. Is I feel like I've always had to do twice as much work as my coworkers for some reason. I don't know what it is, but it's I've always had to do like a little bit more to get recognized mm-hmm. and get the same um, accolade. So I hope that she has a chip. I hope that she has a drive. I hope that she comes out to be a, just a good a good person. Just, I I, if I raise a fucking murderer, I'm gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> Well, then, then you're allowed to drink as much as you want. If you raise a murderer, God, then... If I raise a Lorena Bobbitt, though, I'm going to be super fucking stoked. Yeah? She's a weenie chopper. All right. All right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. As a father, right? <laughs> Jared, thank you so much for being here. I, I really appreciate it. And oh, that, thank you, man. That was that was a lot of fun. And listen, once once you are officially a father, you are absolutely welcome to come back. Thank you, man. I... I'm sorry if I rambled a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's the alcohol. I'm feeling good. I've been like looking forward to this for a long time, but yeah, I I would love to be back, man. I'm a huge fan of the show. I've been a fan since the the day you told me you had this idea. So I'm excited to see where this goes and, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you sincerely for having me on. You're very welcome. Take care. Thank you.